Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your car United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. United moved to a point off third place as the Poolies are comfortably seen off in the midweek game at Brunton Park. We look back on an impressive performance in the 3-1 win over Hartlepool before looking ahead to another doubleheader as United travel to Rochdale, then Barrow travel to the north of the county. Yes, one game obviously fell victim to the weather this weekend, Dan. Last weekend. I'll just be, before we get into it, Go I on. noticed you you slightly sped up there because you were running out of words, and I'm glad yes. you missed the last four words off the script. I did yes, because there is no such thing as a Cumbrian derby with Barrow. Yes, only Workington. Only correct. Workington. And the reason is because Barrow playing the Lancashire FA Cup. Mm, that's very true, that actually. People forget that, don't they? Yes. Mm. Very much a historical thing, isn't it? Yeah, part yeah. Of the Lancashire FA. And... Yeah, because it, it was Cumberland <laughs> FA, wasn't it? So, yeah. Yes, the A595 derby, as we like to call it. Um, yeah. End of one of right. the world's worst A roads, basically. So, um, yeah. there you go. Um, yeah, so a bit disappointing last weekend, wasn't it, Dan, that the Bradford game was off? But. Midweek certainly made up for it, didn't it? A, a great performance mm. from the lads once again. It's... I'm, I'm probably one of the few who did mind Bradford being off because I was on a late shift. Exactly. So, yeah. so I might have a chance of doing the rearrange when it's announced. Yeah, I'm waiting to see when it is because I'm, I'm hoping it's not the 7th of February because I'm away that week. It's my, my birthday and we're going away for a yeah. couple of days. So I'm, I'm praying it's not then and it's maybe a little bit later. I, I, don't think, I don't think it will be because that would mean four Tuesdays in the row then, wouldn't it? Yeah, I feel like the league will give it a bit of consideration. There, yeah, okay, yeah. you can do it as long as you do it the week of the 21st, say, maybe. Instead. 21st or 28th week, maybe. Yeah, that I would make a lot it, yeah. more sense, wouldn't it? But there you go. Yeah. Then again, when has the EFL ever done the sensible thing, eh? Well, this is it. Yeah, it is indeed. Right, uh, before we start, well, obviously we have to give you a little update. Well, not update. We've got to tell you about who is sponsoring the podcast and where you can find us on social media and download the podcast. We'd like to say a big thank you to the Carl United Sports Club London Branch for once again sponsoring the podcast this season. The London Branch is open to all Carl United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore and, of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sporters games and fundraising for the club. This season, they'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlislelondonbranch.org. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on all good podcast apps, whether it's Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Basically, search for the Brunton Bugle, click subscribe, and then when a new episode comes out, you'll get a little notification to tell you to download it and listen to it at your leisure. Also, if there's an option to review on any of those apps, please do so. If you can give us a five-star review, that would be really lovely. It's a great way for us to get the message out about the podcast and so more people can learn about it. And uh, yeah, we can spread the word even more. You can also find us on social media, at Brunton Bugle, on Instagram and Twitter. If you go onto Facebook and search for the Brunton Bugle, click like as well. You can follow our page. Uh, we're also on the Be Just On Fear Not Facebook group and also on the Buzzies Back message board, the new message board that's replaced the Cummins.net. Uh, and also, if you want to drop us an email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Okay, Dan, so there's no news to cover this week. It's nice, nice and quiet. And we're hoping Ooh. it'll be quiet next week as well, won't we? Because uh, it's the end of the transfer window next week, so... 
Yeah, a quiet day would be quite quite nice for us, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, I I expect it to be quiet. Uh, you know, we've unless someone amazing was offered on an unbelievable deal, I don't think anyone will be inbound. And as far as we're aware, to press there's been no approaches for any of our players. I mean, mm. if if you believe the uh, the good old fashioned Carlisle rumor mill. Or in Mox and join Swansea in November. Exactly. It's you know, isn't it? if if I had a quid for every time I've been told Moxon's going to Swansea this week, I'd have enough money to buy out Steve Pat and uh, John Nixon. The crack, you know, I, the but... crack I've heard is he's quite happy where he is. There probably is interest. Yes. I don't know that. Don't I, I, oh, the, but... there, there was this champion. There was championship clubs watching him at Annan. Yeah. But you know, we we got in and said, you know, come play a full season yeah. here. Well, if it gets revisited in the summer, so be it. It'll be deserving, you know. Yeah, we'll make you know, a we, we, quid we, of it. Yeah. yeah, we keep retweeting these various accounts at Tagus. You know, he's, he's top of the table for, you know, passing, assists, Tackling. blah, blah. You know, big clubs notice this stuff. So yeah, he stupid. will be getting watched. But I've spotted Graham Kavanagh a couple of games recently. He's been at games. Yes, so. I, I walked past him uh, coming into the ground uh, the other Saturday. Yeah, he was scouting for Bristol City last season, wasn't he? All that didn't did he? Was yeah. he the person who actually scouted Tanner? I seem to remember. I might be wrong on that one, but yeah, he's definitely done some stuff for Bristol City in recent times. So yeah. I imagine he's probably doing something for a Championship level club at least. So yeah, but yeah, there's an inevitability that you know he's not going to be staying here for years and years and years. I think we all know that deep down, but I'm pretty sure he'll stay in the season. Touchwood, yeah, probably cares. And do you know something? Even if an offer came in late. I would like to think we'd say we want a loan back for the season. Yeah, only problem with that is we're at the limit on loans, aren't we? On five, aren't we? So yeah, true, that, true. That's why it becomes a bit of a challenge, unfortunately. And um, what happens to that backs out until April, so you yes, can get yes. round it. Yeah, I suppose you know. so. Um, right, well, let's let's talk about loan watch then, Dan. Uh, not a huge amount to cover this week. A fairly quiet week, actually, in the end. No surprise, given the weather. Um, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the main one that actually something was involved in. Someone, the person actually had some involvement at the weekend. Uh, Lewis Bell, no game for him. Gretna didn't have a game. Um, they play, uh, they've got a trip to Tranent Juniors in the Lowland League. Where's Tranent at? I'm going to get you to look that up while we're talking here because that it's one of those ones, isn't it? It's a wonderful name, but no idea where it is. Um, Sam Fishburne, uh, there was no league fixture for me. Tranent's in East Lovian. East Lovian, right. Okay. Yes. Right, okay. Um, no league fixture for Sam this weekend because Morpeth's trip to Bamber Bridge was a victim of the cold weather. Uh, he did get a 10-minute appearance in the uh, Northumberland Senior Cup against Newcastle Benfield. Newcastle Benfield, the team, that they've changed name a lot down the years, haven't yeah, they? Yeah. The Newcastle Blue Star at one point as well, I think. I seem to remember. The Blue Star story is ridiculous. We would have to do a, a full podcast to... Yeah, because Tommy, Tommy Cassidy was Tommy Cassidy was involved there. Yeah, they've, well, they've had money before they haven't. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, right, okay, yeah. So you got a ten minute appearance in that. They they won one nil, so they're into the semi finals um, this weekend. They have got a home tie against Big Spending Radcliffe, so that'll be a uh, Nicky Adams and Luke Joyce heading up that way, won't they, for that game? Uh, Dan Hill at Cleetermore, uh no game for them again this weekend. Their trip to Runcorn Town was called off again because of a frozen pitch. They've not played a game since Boxing Day when they lost 4-2, I think it was, to um, Hawker Old Boys. That's quite a wait for a game, isn't it? Um, especially at yeah. that level, they start to pile up. It becomes a real challenge, doesn't it? 
Um, up next for them is a home tie with Backup Borough this weekend. Was Backup Borough the team that Ian Stevens ended his career at, I think? I've got that stuck in my head for some reason. My specialist subject is only Ian Stevens at Carlisle United. <laughs> well, he, he, he carried on to lose about 41, didn't he? I think he was, he was played like the like yeah, league yeah. Lancashire circuit a lot late. Um, well, Max Killsby, we haven't talked about him yet because uh, we saved the best to last. Another enjoyable weekend for Peter Murphy and his men as they beat Bonnie Rig Rose 4-0 at Galabank. But it was a great day for Max Killsby as well, wasn't it? He um, he grabbed his second goal of his loan spell with a smart left-footed finish just inside the area. Have you seen this goal, Dan? It's a lovely yes. finish. Really, really well taken. I think he's playing left-back a lot for them at the moment as well. Um, they're up to fourth in the table. And they could actually put some distance between themselves and the chasing pack uh, in the playoff places because they could beat fifth place East Fife this weekend. So, big game that, isn't it, Farron? That one. If you're not making your way down to Rochdale, maybe get yourself to Annan and uh, watch Max in action. But, I mean, if you're not going to Rochelle, what's wrong with you? Because, you know, there's, there's already 1,100 going, isn't there? All Dan? right, all right. <laughs> Sorry, I, I forgot the fact that you are actually going to that one this week. Yes, no, I'm in Germany this weekend. Yeah, so. you are away, to be fair. Yeah. Um, ben, Benfield, just Newcastle Benfield, by the way. Ah, right, okay. I wasn't sure because yeah. there's so many. I just, I just looked up uh, Tranent on the map. It's just east of Edinburgh. Ah, right. So, okay. the, the other side of Edinburgh, if you, you come from this way. I mean, even for Gretna, that's not much of a fun drive, is it? That's going to be a bit of a trip. No. Mm. Okay. Um, that's uh, the loan stuff covered then, I think, isn't it? Yeah, uh, all the loan watch players mm. covered. So let's talk about uh, the match. Car United 3, Hartlepool United 1. I mean, that one's a lucky one as well, wasn't it? Um, it's probably not like even the best performance of the season, Dan, but it just felt so comfortable, didn't it? And it just feels a bit of a... A bit of a joy to watch them at the moment, isn't it? The way we're playing, they're playing with confidence. They're playing with personality. That's the one thing that stands out Ooh. to me. This is a squad that we've had squads in recent seasons. I think back to the first half of last season, and you couldn't really have cared less what happens to them. They, they weren't, you know, no one was playing with pride. No one, you know, was playing with a bit of you know nastiness and a bit of belief. This team has personality, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, no. It's- Watching some of the some of our play down the flanks, especially the left side, where uh, Armour and Mellish seem to be, del- you know, have created a telepathic understanding almost mm. now. And even J.K. Gordon was getting involved with them, you know. Which yeah. the more he plays, the more that'll come, you know. And you know, there was times where our passing was just bamboozling Hartlepool. I mean, yeah. Hartlepool, I've got a bit of an unsettled defence at the moment because yeah. they've got a. Uh, couple of recent signings just slotted in and I think that showed early in the game they seemed to be all over yeah. the place well that Dodds was playing right wing back and actually Sterry is obviously he's a very good player he's their first choice one but he's been out injured I think a bit and he's sort yeah. of they're just I think what it sounds like Curl took it out of Sterry's hands I think he felt I'd rather use him as a sub in this game and have him fit to play Colchester the weekend which is a big game for them yeah. obviously team down near the bottom so I'm not saying he played a weaker side against us, but I think he sort of he felt I need to manage this carefully because I don't want to lose him for for longer. Basically, knowing how good we are down the left side as well, obviously. Um, but yeah, they they they, they struggled defensively. It, it didn't just hardly before we get on to talk about the Blues in the game itself. I didn't think they looked that bad a side to be honest. I thought in attack they had a few handy players actually. Midfield's uh, where they got swamped a bit by us. I think that's where we showed our superiority as much. As I, I quite like the uh, the lad who scored. Umber, you know, oh, yeah. he's 
he's, he's scored uh, something like 10 in 25 in a struggling team, which is yeah. always a sign of a half-decent player. And uh, he he was at Wealdstone last season. Mm. And uh, I text uh, Moose, who was yeah. kit man at Wealdstone, and asked him about him. And he said he's, he said he's a big, cumbersome lad, but he's strong as an ox and will try all day long. You know, he yeah. won't. He will not give in, and he came across as that, you know. And mm. I'll tell you something: I'd have a look at him. Eh? Yeah, if he was available, if there was a chance to sign him in the summer, he's, he's certainly one worth looking at. There's, there's a player you could mould almost into a better player. I'm not sure how old he is, but he, you know, he's a he looks a handy little player. I, I, I was really impressed with him actually. I Listen, think I think he's about mid twenties, max. Mid twenties, yeah. Okay, well. Well, yeah, you know, he might be well be worth one looking. But yeah, like I said... 20, I, 25 on uh, April's Fool's right. Day. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah he's an interesting... I, I, I just felt... I felt that they're going to struggle a bit defensively and they need to change that keeper. We'll talk about him in a minute. He was dross. Um, but, I, you know, I, I looked at it. If I was a Harley Potter, I'd look at that. I'd think to myself, you know, I, I don't think we're, we're that far away from being an okay side, but... What they need to do is, I think, the key thing for them is that Umara, Umara, might be call him, um, he, he'll get them goals against clubs around them, you'd think, in games. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be key to them, isn't it? Obviously, he got one against Rochdale last weekend as well, I think, in their win. So, so yeah. Um, well, I, they're, they're limited, but I'd say they've got enough to get out of it. Yes, but the problem and is... Curl, obviously, he's done it a few times before. Yeah. So the, the problem for them is... Chillingham and Colchester have probably signed a lot better than most. They haven't really signed yeah. in terms of quality. On the on the on the flip side, Crawley and also yeah. Harrogate, who seem to be free falling a bit. Well, the and rumor, in, in the mix, the rumor is that Hartlepool are looking at Luke Armstrong from Harrogate, aren't they? Because they're reportedly mm. after players in double figures for goals. In I mean, that, I wonder is that what they really need? I feel like they needed a bit of youth and energy in that midfield. The, the midfield. Yeah. Got, Played around a bit easily, but anyway, we've talked enough about Hartlepool there. Let's talk about the Blues. And um, yeah, Dan, were you particularly surprised to see a, an unchanged eleven for this one? I don't think no, anyone was. No, were they really? No. I think we all expected it. Um, slight tweak to the formation, though, wasn't there? Uh, Jordan Gibson dropped from being sort of a winger into back into the midfield three, which he hasn't really played probably since thinking back, maybe October. Maybe was the last time he really played that for us. He's been playing more as a winger since then. Um, we'll we'll go into a bit more detail on his performance later because I I generally think it was one of his best for a long time. Um, but that's the only real tweak in terms of the team on the bench. Obviously, there was a change. Uh, Toby was the unlucky man dropping out for Joe Garner to come back in, mm. and uh, yes, he certainly made an impact, shall we say? And we'll we'll, yeah. uh, we'll talk about that as well in the uh, talking points in a little while. Uh, yeah. So I mean, atmosphere wise, Dan. I genuinely think it's one of the best Tuesday night atmospheres I've been in. Yeah, I don't, I don't, some people may not be aware, but basically a lot of the young young lads who go in the Warwick Road end organised a supporters match, mm. uh, starting from the station all the way down Warwick Road. They had a drum, yeah. they were singing, you know, and there, there's pictures circulating of, it's like a swarm in the middle of the Warwick <laughs> Road end. And the best thing about it for me is seeing young lads getting down to the local team. You know, not not on about Man United, not on about Liverpool, not on about Saudi, sorry, Newcastle. You know, 
young lads buzzing because they're going to the match to watch their local team. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, brilliant. You know, and you could hear them a lot more. I think, yeah, I think if you look, definitely. they seem to be standing further forward. Yeah. So the noise was coming out a bit more, which was... Further forward. You know, that, as you call it, a swarm. It's like that sort of huddle, the gathering of them there. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's got bigger and bigger as the season's gone on. It's almost yeah, like... Yeah. So a load of them are going down and having a great time and they're saying to the mates, come on, come down to the Carlisle game this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself down. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how busy it is against Barrow. I really am. I, I, I genuinely think it could be really busy. Like, okay, I, I yeah. reckon we should be pushing for a 7,000 crowd for that yeah. easily. I mean, they're going to yeah, be... Yeah. It looks like none of their fans have handed their tickets back, which actually surprised not me. Not many, I thought anyway. a few might yeah. have done, but... Because yeah. um, it's not an easy place to get to from Barrow to Carlisle, is it, on a midweek? Um, it wouldn't stop us. No, it certainly wouldn't. Um... So yeah, it, uh, f- f- full credit to them. I genuinely thought one of the best atmosphere. I mean, I wasn't at the Rochdale game last season, which by all accounts was a good atmosphere, the home game. But that for a Tuesday night was the best I've been in in a long time. I contrast yeah. it with the, I think back to the Port Vale game last season where we lost 3-1. And I went to that one. I, I was up f- for a few days. I think it was my, around about my birthday. And I'd come up to with uh, with, with my wife, Megan, and we, we thought we'll, we'll stay the next day, the Tuesday, and we'll go to the Carlo game and drive back afterwards. And like even afterwards, like when we were leaving, Megan's like, "Why do you come for these games, these midweek games like this?" I was like, "I don't know, I genuinely don't know." And now I'm like so glad that I'm actually going to be going next week. It's incredible. Like it's yeah. So um, anyway, we'll, we'll talk more about the atmosphere and stuff. I genuinely, I think the club really needs to get behind those kids and, and you know help them make the atmosphere better. They they do need to make sure they behave as well. You know that's you know undoubtedly you know the club will have con- slight concerns with the the smoke bomb that was thrown on. But after that that was literally the only thing I could pick out in terms of that. Um, I did enjoy the the chat that I've heard from some people that uh, their keeper was getting called a grebo, which is an insult I have not heard in about twenty years. I think. Since I was probably in Carlisle bus station wearing some sort of band hoodie, <laughs> getting abused from someone. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I know. Brilliant, brilliant stuff from them. Um, should we talk about the uh, the chances and the goals then, Dan? Um, well, I mean, could not have asked for a better start, could we? No, not at all. Not at all. We uh, we really took off, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the first goal, obviously. First goal started with throwing. Right by our own corner flag, didn't it? So Mellish sends a long throw forward. It bounces up, and first of all, Gordon shows some great strength to hold off his marker, and then he gets there. Just Hartley goes to try and win the header, misjudges it, and Gordon nips in, takes it, gets away down the wing, lays it for Gibson, who then plays it to Armour on the overlap. And what I notice, if you watch back on the video, I watch this back. Christian Dennis is absolutely bursting a gut to get into the box for that. Because he'd obviously come back to help with in terms of defending with the, the throw-in. And, and if you watch, he sprints right in to get just into the box. And then his armour gets it on the overlap. He moves again. His movement is like brilliant. Like One of the best strikers in terms of movement for us I've seen in a long time. And obviously, we saw that in this game as well. Um, so yeah, obviously, we've got a corner from that. And then Moxon takes it. Great movement once again from uh, Dennis to get to the near post. Flicks on the header. Keeper parries it. And uh, Feeney's there to put it into the empty net, isn't he? Yeah, um, Feeney, he just literally had to stab it, you know, and it yeah. was, it was in. But uh, no, it was uh, good, good, good pressure in about the box, and bingo, one up. And Great it's, start. We've got to give a mention as well to uh, the number twenty-three for Hartlepool, um, up against John Mellish on this corner. He, 
he was literally basically trying to bear hug and not looking at the ball at all. Stop Mellish getting anywhere, essentially, wasn't he? Trying to hold him. And then as the ball was parried, because he was so busy holding Mellish, he could have cleared that ball comfortably, couldn't he? He should have got to it before Feeney, really. and um, Or at least got a block in on Feeney trying to score. And because he was too busy holding Mellish, Feeney's got an easy tap in. And, and Mellish, um, if you watch the GoPro footage of the goal, it's on the club's Twitter feed. Certainly lets him know what an idiot he's been, doesn't he? <laughs> With his reaction to that. So yeah, that was that was enjoyable. Um, looking at this, uh, in terms of after that, uh, chances-wise, um, Gordon nearly scored a brilliant over-kick, didn't he, as well? <laughs> he had a good go at that. He created a chance for himself from a, a Gibson low cross that he flicked up into the air. Um, I mean, they're key. I, I, I think that with that overhead kick, I think he just didn't quite connect fully with it. Yeah, couldn't get the power. He got, he got his foot on it, but he didn't get it wrapped around it. And he didn't have the power, but, you know, fair play to him for even trying it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then their keeper, I mean, their keeper was appalling in terms of crosses and handling. Made some smart reaction saves, but there was one point that where Armour obviously got, <clears throat> sorry, an overlap on the left. Whips the ball into the near post and he panics because he thinks it's going in, doesn't he? Spills it. Dennis nips in. He actually saves it. And if you watch, when he makes the save, if you look on the pitch side blues thing, he saves it and palms it down onto his own foot. And then it hits the post and then he manages to grab for the loose ball. Um, from there, uh, what was the next chance? Oh, the, talk about the second goal then, Dan. Uh, again, lovely little bit of interchange passing on the left for us. Callum Guy plays a, one of those great balls into the channel that you just know John Mellis is going to chase, don't you? He's not going to give it up. He'll, he'll go right to the byline. And he did get to the byline, just kept it in. Plays in a low ball, which Peter Hartley, for them, makes an absolute hash of. It falls to Dennis. Now, when you watch this on the, the main highlights, and even on the pitch side blues and the like the GoPro, I don't think it does justice, does it, Dan, to what a good finish this was from, from Dennis? Lovely flicked yeah. with the outside of the boot, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, his, his touches and finishes are just getting better, you know. I mean, the one the other week, you know, that got the goal yeah. just before half-time. This, you know, he's becoming the complete... 18-yard box striking at the moment, isn't he? You know, flicks, headers, which will come on to it's just get better and better. Yeah, to think some people wanted to get rid of the summer. And like, some people were still talking about the fact that, oh, he's not that good, he doesn't do that much now. He's got 17 goals this season for crying out loud. In all he's an old-fashioned number nine, and number nine's job is to score goals, yeah. and that's what he's doing. But you know what, as well, last couple of games, his work rate's been fantastic. Really, really has, but we'll, 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 we'll go into him on the talking points. Um, unfortunately, then, we basically gifted them a, ga- a, a way back into the game, didn't we? Um, and it was a sight rarer than Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, and Shergar having a tea party together. It was indeed an Owen Moxon mistake that led to the goal, wasn't it? Um, just a long punt forward, almost straight from the kickoff. Mellish wins the first head. It comes down to Moxon, and I still can't work out what he thought he was doing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. so, so, some people suggest that Huntington was to blame for jumping out of the way of the ball, but he fired it straight at Huntington. And there's no way Huntington... If Huntington had tried to take a touch there, they would have been in as well anyway. Yeah, yeah. So the best chance he had was to let it go through and hope Holy could come and get it, but he was under hit in the end. Amara sneaked in and it was a good finish, to be fair. Really, really good. I, th- I think it was a cross between under hit and over hit. It was a weird one. If that makes sense. Right. 
Because yeah. it was overhit for Huntington, but underhit for Hawley. Absolutely, yeah. And I wonder if he's just misjudged it. Lado's come in and he's took his chance, hasn't he? Yeah, he just wasn't really aware of what was around him, but uh, he certainly made for, up for it later on, didn't he? Um, yeah, other than that, there was only a couple more chances. I think Denny's had a shot from the edge of the area that was well saved, and there was one where a low free kick he couldn't quite get enough on to to um, put it in. Um, into the second half... Um, Hartlepool actually, I thought started the second half quite brightly. You know, first fifteen minutes they looked better than they had done for most of the first half. But yeah, I never, yeah. this thing, I never ever felt like, oh, we're going to. I don't think we were ever uncomfortable, were no, we? No, hundred percent. And there's people around me saying, "Oh, I need to make a change, need to do this." I was like, "No, no." Let the, them the chat, let, the chat, the chat at half time was if we get another, the game's done. Yeah, you know, and we we were saying like, let him have, let him have his fit, let them have their fifteen minutes. Sit back, soak it up. Once they realise they can't do anything, hit them. And that's exactly what we did, pretty much. Um, the one chance they did have was actually a, a really good header from, uh, was it Jack Hamilton, isn't it? The lad who's on loan from Livingston, who was at Arbroath yeah. last season. He looked a good player at Arbroath as well. Um, good header from a, a long kick down that was actually really well saved by Holy, um, palming it behind for a corner. Um, and then... Uh, United just stepped up again, didn't they? I think at that point. That's the point we're like, right, let's not stop being silly here. Um, I'm, so I'm trying, to, trying to find my notes here. I keep losing them. Um, da, 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 da. Then after that, there was a scramble, wasn't there, from a Gordon Cross from the right that the keeper came in it and he, he punched it against Dennis, didn't he? Yeah. And then it was kind of weird because everyone stopped as if the ball had gone out and Dennis hooked it and it stayed in. The linesman didn't flag for it going out. I think it, I think it had gone out. I think he should have given it as a, a throw-in. But, uh, sorry, corner. Corner. Goal kick. I'll get there in the end. Um, yeah, and then following on from that, Callum Guy, what a shot this was, done. What a goal this would have been if it had gone in. Yeah. So essentially, brings a ball, high ball down into the air, takes one touch and then absolutely smashes it. We say it's, we say it's a half volley up on the bounce or... I, I, I always wonder what, what do you describe as a half volley this is something that's always up for debate isn't it a half volley to me is when you're meeting it on the bounce so when it literally as it hits the ground or as it from there up. upwards so right so it probably would be wouldn't it I think yeah, yeah if if the bounce has happened it's a half volley yeah whether you, whether you hit it as it's bouncing or you let it bounce come up and then hit it yeah they're half volleys for me yeah, okay. Well, it's a half volley then. A half volley yeah. from about 20, 25 yards. In fact, it was probably about 25, 30, wasn't it? Dipped so much at the last minute and fair play. The keeper put, pushed it over for a really good save. And then um, and then came uh, Dennis's second goal. And this was just a, a lovely team move, wasn't it, all round? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dennis actually starts the move. That's, that's the thing you, you kind of forget in this. Huntington heads out a, a ball from the... the uh, from the Harlepill right, and it comes to Dennis, and the easiest thing would be just to try and flick it on and get it further away. But actually what he does, he picks out Gibson with a pass, doesn't he, with the header, essentially. Gibson gets the ball, lovely crossfield ball to Moxon. By this point, Dennis has got himself right up the pitch. He's basically through on goal, the ball to him. He doesn't quite control it right, can't really get it onto his left foot, so takes a touch, plays it out to Moxon. He sets himself and put, I mean, the ball into the box is an absolute beauty, isn't it? I've seen... Hartley getting a lot of stick from the Hartlepool fans for his involvement in this, but for me, it's just a brilliant ball into the box, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. When when Dennis gets it sort of 
just sort of outside the, on the edge of the area. Yeah. He obviously has a quick look, but he thinks, no, I can play it, play it wide, get myself back where I'm, where I'm good at. And, you know, cross comes, great header, bang, Wally then goes crazy. I mean, you mentioned about that swarm earlier, but the video showing them celebrating this goal is brilliant, isn't it? It's just, they're just basically, you know, going absolutely nuts, aren't they? <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's a proper, like, uh, Trying to think, like at a gig when you see like a mosh pit properly going, isn't it? That's what it looked like. It was it was fantastic to see, um, and that was pretty much wrapped up the game, didn't it? Really, I mean, Dennis was given a bit of time to try and get his hat trick, wasn't he? And had, had did have a chance that the keeper really saved brilliantly, and then oh, Chelsea and he was so close to getting a goal. That would have been a lovely touch as well, wouldn't it? If he could have got that from the follow up, but unfortunately, again, keeper makes a good save, and from that point, we pretty much saw the game out, didn't we? Really, um, a good convincing. Uh, three points and puts us just one point behind Northampton in the table, doesn't it? Yeah, it very exciting as well. And obviously, those those of you who follow me on Twitter will see a little sequence of events that happened around this game. Yeah. Using the Footballology app, I always look at what games I've been to on a date, mm. and I I had only watched Carlisle twice before on the twenty fourth of January. Yeah, both times we had won three one. Yeah. Last time, Lordy and Stevens getting a hat trick against Bristol Rovers in '98, mm. I think it was. Yes. So I thought I'd have a little bet, and I did Carlisle to win three-one, with Christian Dennis scoring all three at two hundred to one. That is one of the most unlucky bets I've had. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, if, if he'd scored the the hat trick goal, you'd have been annoyed anyway because it would have been four-one instead, wouldn't it? So yeah. But he, did, he nearly had the first as well. He didn't did, he? to be fair. He did. He did. So, yeah. So, Sons yeah. law that one, isn't it? But there you go. Yeah. Um, right. Well, we've got a 60 second review to give you guys. And this one comes from young Michael, who lives in Formby. So, let's hear what young Michael had to say. Yeah, it was an all round brilliant performance, brilliant result. Um, I kind of thought when we went 2 0 up that we'd go on and win by four or five. That sadly wasn't to be. Uh, when they scored, just kind of made us feel a little bit uncomfortable and took our rhythm rhythm away a little bit um but once we got the third you know it was it was it was all right it's, it's another game where dennis got man of the match for scoring two but you could have given it to most players who were out on the pitch you know it was just a really solid team performance and we were very fluid you know one player would close someone down and go out of position and someone would just instinctively drop into their position um, there was a lot of running, which was probably helped by not having the game on Saturday. Um, but yeah, just all round great result, great performance. Yeah, there you go. Thank that's, thank- a, that's a good point about the man of the match. I mean, obviously yeah. Dennis gets the headlines with the, the brace, but I mean, Callum Guy had a brilliant game. Jordan Gibson had his best game in ages. Mm. Jack Armour was up and down. John Mellish was his usual road runner self. You know. Yeah. He, you could literally have picked Paul Hudson won every single header he, he faced yeah. pretty much, didn't he? It's, yeah, you're right. You, you could have picked pretty much anybody to be man of the match for this game. I mean, I mean, I'd argue. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on him first before we touch on Dennis. And J.K. Gordon, I think he had a better game in this match than he did in the, the game against Newport. I mean, he was certainly a lot more involved. It was a different sort of game, I guess, because we had a bit more of the ball in the, in the good areas. But I think he was better in this game than he was against uh, Newport. Yeah, uh, probably contribution was more. Yeah. But that, that'll be him getting more used to us, you know, because yeah. the more he plays, the more he gets used. And, you know, 
Well, he, he maybe didn't quite have as much goal threat. No, but no. His all round play was more contributory. He had a different role, didn't he? He was playing as a part of a two rather than a, a, yeah. a wide and a three, didn't he? I think he enjoyed wide and the three because he can sort of come in wide a bit more, but yeah. he kind of has to, has to sort of drift out wide from his position when you're playing as a striker, don't you? So it's kind of different. You, people sort of underlap you, don't they, and, and take up the position you would go into. So, so yeah, no, I thought another, another good performance for him. And then, I mean, it's early days, Dan, but it's looking like another good bit of business from Simone Greg, isn't it, really? Yeah. Another little Gemma. Yeah. I said this, I know people, some people tried to compare it to Tyrese Omatoya recently, more on him in a bit. Um, but for, for me, you, you can't compare the two. This lad looks like he potentially is going to have a career if he keeps going the way he is, at least at championship level. If you can, if you can sort of, it. he looks like he's a bit too good already for League Two, doesn't he? That's the impression I get. Yeah, I mean, like we said when he signed, he's been on the bench for Palace a couple of times. Yeah, he's he's been playing well in European games for their under twenty ones. No disrespect to Jack Stratton, but he's. He's a level upgrade. above. He looks an upgrade. Yeah, he definitely looks an upgrade yeah. already. Um, well, let's talk about the Dennis the Menace then. Deservedly man of the match, arguably. You know, Mike might disagree slightly there, but um, he's now the joint top scorer in the division. And as a man who's got a bet on him to be top scorer in the division, I'm very pleased about that. Um, proper exemplar performance, wasn't it? I mean, I'm Joe Garner sitting on the bench watching that. I'm thinking, I've got to fight on to get in the side 11 here, haven't I? Because that the way he played, I mean, involved in all three goals and looking to get not to get a hat trick, and his work rate as well. I, mean, I always think his work rate's been pretty good, but it feels like it's stepped up a little bit since the start of January. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, there was there was a little period where he was being slightly nursed through niggles. Yeah, and I, I think that little bit of non-game has just let it heal up nicely, and you know. We've got the ready-made replacement in. Yeah. If he is having a hard game, Joe Garner can come on for 20, 30 minutes. And yeah. there'll be the odd game where we maybe start Garner and bring Dennis on and right yeah. It's very much like Gordon Patrick, you know. Yeah. We're, we're interchangeable, which is can only be a good thing. Absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned about Jordan Gibson was potentially a contender for Man of the Match. I mean, it's got to be his best game since probably about October, isn't it, really? Yeah, like yeah, cer- certainly, in re- certainly in recent weeks. He, uh, he looked to be enjoying himself, buzzing about, which is, is which is what he's good at, you know. And it was one or two times when I think it was him, Senior and Guy were just little triangles on the right-hand mm. side, you know, and uh, no, they were good. He kind of feels like that number 10 in a midfield free roll suits him better than being out on wide at the moment, I think. He gets a bit more of the ball. He gets a bit more involved. He was spraying it about the pitch. He, he still was drifting out wide and getting a few crosses in and helping Senior out when he could. But he was turning up on the left as well, occasionally. And, and it made it difficult for teams to pick him up. And we just want to see a bit more of that, don't we? So, if it, I mean, personally, you may disagree, but I, I'd like to see Simo sticking with him in that midfield three for now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looked it looked good. You know, I mean, our fullbacks get that forward that we can sort of play him as... A yeah. ten, almost, you know. So, yeah. and and also, if we do play him as a ten, when he does have, when he does get tired, which he will do, playing all these games, mm. we've got someone like Devitt on the bench who can come on yeah. for ten, fifteen minutes to close yeah. it out. Or, or Carlton, yeah, yeah. You came on in later on in this game. Yeah, um, I feel sorry for Jack Robinson. I really do because 
because he's going to be waiting a while to get a chance at left wing back, isn't he? The way Jack Armour's playing at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Wow, what another great performance from him. He he, he really has again, stepped up. Again, so I, I think it's one of them where if we're maybe 2-0 up with 15 minutes to go with the run of fixtures, it may be good to maybe give Robinson 15 minutes. Yeah, possibly. Just to get him some football and give Jack Armour a little rest, you know. Yeah, definitely. I just, I just feel it's just... Everything about him is just so solid and competent, isn't it? Defensively, yeah. he's really sound. He's got the energy to get up and down the pitch. You know, his balls into the box are causing problems as well. His overlapping is brilliant. He, he, he just, he's not been phased at all by the challenge of taking on that role, has he? No, not at all. Yeah, and that's just the quality of him. He's what he doesn't turn twenty-two until April, is it? I think. You know, he's got a long, he's yeah. got a long career ahead of him. I think it's fair to say the way he's playing. So, uh, well done to Jack again. Um, Someone who's obviously at the start of his Cal United career, really. It's been stop-start. of Well, it was a start and then a long stop, but it's starting again. Joel Senior, he's starting to get that those fitness levels up, isn't he? And he didn't, didn't yeah, look like he yeah. tied at all in this game. No, no, he was uh, he was up and down. And like I say, I'll mention him, Gibson and Guy were knocking it about nicely a couple of times. And, you know, he's only got to get stronger. And obviously, Jack Ellis is back on the grass seemingly. Yeah. Sounds like he'll be back in a couple of weeks, so there'll be good competition between them two. You know, I mean, we've got solid competition all over the pitch, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we really have, and that that that's the, the the thing to be pleased about, and the fact that we don't really need to add anything else at the moment. Touch wood, you know. Hopefully, no injuries, but we'll wait and see. Um, well, let's let's wrap things up and let's talk about uh, Joe Garner's fourth debut for the club. Dan, um, great reception for him. Yeah, the, oh, uh, it's la- gonna be. Oh, lads in the Warwick singing the uh, Ujo, not the uh, sorry the um, uh, Dave Clark Five, uh, glad all over Joey Garner chant, weren't they? Yeah. Um, most of the rest of the ground doing the old fashioned Ooh Joey Garner chant, weren't they? So yeah. uh, we'll soon get it round. Yeah, that, that, I, I, I like the Ujo Garner one. Though. You probably associate more with George Garner, don't you? So yes, for you. Um, or Keith Walwin. Keith Walwin, who uh, Keith Walwin. Um, Nice little cameo there from him, wasn't it? Though looked lively, looked looked sharp. Doesn't look like there's any fitness issues there. And he's not played a huge amount for Fleetwood this season, but I mean, he never was like a lightning fast player. But he's he's nippy over a few yards, isn't he? He gets away, and you know, there's a couple of times where if he'd held his line a little bit better, he would have been in on goal. And um, oh come on, let's let's talk about the tackle then. Come on. Well, when 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 it happened in real time, I. <laughs> I, I thought the refs missed this. I thought first. No, I thought that was the opposite. My, my I thought, thought he caught it clearly. My first thought was he's he's got the ball, but he's gone through the player's leg to get to it. He probably should get booked for that. But when the ref gave nothing, and I thought I looked, I thought, well, actually, he's only a few yards away. So if the ref's not giving it, then it must be fine. Play on, and you know, obviously, we nothing came of it in the end. And you know, you feel for the lad if he's got a bad injury. You don't know, but to be fair, it was. The, the the radio uh, T side or BBC T's commentators did let a little hint away, didn't they? That apparently he's been nursing an injury to his left ankle for a while, apparently. So that's probably just tweaked that as much as anything in the way he's rolled. Be interesting to see if he's if he's in uh, eighteen this week. Yeah, well, when, when Curl did say, didn't he? Curl didn't complain about it. To be fair, afterwards he said, "Should have just got rid of the ball quicker. No, no issue with it at all." So. But that's what you want to see, you know, a 34, 35-year-old running and chasing back and getting stuck in and winning his tackle and 
getting us going again. But yeah, he, he certainly looks like he's going to be a good addition, doesn't he? You know, it's, it's early days, obviously. It's only 10 minutes in, but I, I think, it, you know, I think most teams looking at that, you know, starting facing up against Dennis and Gordon thinking, I've got a tough time here. And then you look to the bench and there's Patrick and uh, Garner waiting to come on. <laughs> You're not going to enjoy that, are you? I think it's fair not to say. Not at all. No, definitely not. Uh, I think that wraps it up then, Dan. Uh, we're not going to do a lead to round because it's been a sort of mixed bag this week, isn't it, really, in terms yeah. of things. has been a lot called off, so, so there you go. Right, uh, we'll take a short break and then we'll be back with the second half of the show. Hi, it's Morgan Feeney and you're listening to The Brunton Bugle. Bootle's finest there. Uh, the man who scored the opening goal at the weekend, Morgan Feeney. Uh, welcome back to the second half of the show. Um, yes, so before we go to the behind enemy line section, Mike has done a question for us, Dan. So should yeah. we do that first? Yeah. Here's what Mike's question of the week is. So a player that's played for both teams this week is Connor Brown. How many games did he play for the Blues? That's Connor Brown. <laughs> He's also played for Carlisle and Barrow rather than Rochdale. Where was he on loan? Was it Watford he was on loan for? I think he was on loan from Watford. Oh, no, wasn't that... We had another Brown on loan, didn't we? Which was um, Wes Brown's brother. I think he was from Watford. Although it might be the same. No, he was at Oldham when he came on loan. To he us, was at Oldham, yes, yes. He was there. I can't remember the other Brown that we had on loan, but it was Wes Brown's brother was the one from Watford. Um, that's a good question. <sighs> I'm going to go. What, what, year, what year was he? Was he not in the Kavanagh season, I think? I think it's... I'm going to go nine. Nine appearances I'm going to go for. Uh... <clears throat> Uh, I'll go seven then. Seven, right? Oh, cut the difference there, but it'll be eight now. No, no, look. Yeah. So here, here's the answers from Mike. And it was eight games. Oh, you were kidding me! <laughs> right down the middle of the two of us. Incredible. I knew it wasn't many. No, I, I knew. I, I was fairly sure he hadn't got to double figures because I think. Because the yeah. thing is, back in the day, the three-month loans, isn't it? Or the one- and two-month loans as well. So there you go. Right, it's the second half of the show. Uh, up first, the behind enemy line section. We've, we've only got one this week. We didn't have time to sort of borrow one as well. Um, we'll try and do one for later in the season when we play them down at their place. Uh, this week's guest was Tom from the All Dale, aren't we? Uh, Rochdale podcast. Um, oh, this was uh, not the cheeriest of chats I've ever had this season, bless him. Uh, what do we talk about? Where has it all gone wrong for a club that, you know, only a few years ago was seemed like as a, a model club for a you know a, a low budget club to succeed in you know League One. Um, where's it all gone wrong there? Whether Jim Bentley's the right man for the job? And a little bit of a chat about Simo's time in charge at Spotland. You know, because it didn't go particularly well when he was there in his first managerial job. So here's the chat I had with Tom earlier this week. So on this week's behind enemy lines section, we're speaking to Tom from the All Dale, aren't we? Rochdale AFC podcast, Tom. Um, we, we, this is the second attempt we've tried to record this because we had a few technical issues earlier. But I did say to you before, I'll repeat what I said again. We always say, "How are you doing?" On this point in the uh, the chat, but I mean, it can't be much fun being a Rochdale fan this season. No, I think it's probably been the most testing season I've had to part in the club. Um, yeah, there's not much to uh, be happy about at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we, we spoke to the guys from the RochdaleAFC.com podcast both last season and earlier this season. I think they finished recording now they don't do any episodes anymore but just for the sake of a catch-up for any of our listeners who didn't hear those episodes what on earth has gone wrong at Rochdale in the last few years because you were always looked upon as a really well-run club that was able to punch above its weight in league one for so long and now you're in danger of dropping out the league for the first time since you joined 102 years ago 
oh God, how long have you got? To be fair, I think <laughs> you can go you can go quite in depth on this. But just to kind of give you a brief overhaul, I think obviously in our years of success, when we were a successful football that, like you say, were punching above our weight. Um, at the time, Keith Hill was revolutionary with his sports science and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think we had an edge on a lot of teams at the time because it was something that was very new to the game, especially yeah. at that level of at our level of football. And I think that's what gave us an edge for those for those past you know seven or eight years or so and you know we enjoyed our success going up and then came back down and then Keith came back again and we went back up again and then we you know had a steady period in League One you know towards pushing towards the uh, you know the playoffs in League One and then I, I think it's just been a gradual decline you know there's things been going on behind the scenes obviously we had we've had Covid which I think really impacted a club like Rochdale yeah. you know we don't get massive crowds we really don't we've tried multiple schemes to get fans through the door and it's it's not worked so I think that you know the financial uh, ramifications of Covid had a massive impact on us you know on the back end of Covid we got relegated so you know just had to sell about all of our main players and our sellable assets had to be sold to keep the club afloat then whilst all this is going on we had the hostile takeover business with the club yeah. which you know that 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 you know that really um used all of our resources and our focus and our time towards that we brought in a manager um, when we got dropped back down to league two in robbie stockdale but it's all been a complete farce you know got leading up to that actually in the pre-season um bbm who was our manager at the time had got we'd just been relegated he'd said that he was happy to stay on board and work with the club and, and go again um started signing down players to contracts and then within a week or so later he'd handed his notice in and said he wanted to, to leave so you know we're midway through um the tra- a transfer window with you know no identity of what we're doing we had to wait another two or three weeks to get a manager in which was Robbie Stockdale I think um as soon as he got in we were placed under a transfer embargo but despite all that you know we tried out you know we tried our best at the start of last season you know and we, things were looking a bit positive to be fair we were we were we were we were you know we were up at the edges edges of the playoffs um but then it all just started to go wrong um, you know, couldn't really get any run of results together, any any serious form. Um, managed to get a few results here and there and staved off any worries of relegation that we'd had. Um, but there's just been so many things, you know. I think there's been poor recruitment, poor choices from the club. We've tried to push this fan-owned agenda model, again, which, you know, there's very few clubs that do it at, at this level now. And the ones that do, you know, have a much bigger backing than us. And as I say, you know, you know, putting a share a share price out every year for a, for a club like Rochdale and in a place like Rochdale as well, you know, yeah. fans haven't got that kind of money to keep putting into the club to try and keep us afloat. And now I think they've seen the sense of it all, and they want to move away from the fan owned model, and they want to get an investor in and spend, and, and get all this money. But <laughs> investors like that just don't they don't just come around they don't just come around every they just want to throw all the money into it and, and get nothing back in return really. Yeah. And um, you're, so you're always at risk, aren't you, as well with, you know, as you saw with the hostile takeover, someone coming in who maybe doesn't have the best intentions as well. You've, you've oh, exactly. got to keep an eye out for those people. Yeah. And then focusing on the playing side of things, you know, I think a lot of fans um, at the end of last season uh, would have seen sense in our manager being sacked. Uh, at the time, you know, we haven't had a great season. Yes. OK. In the end, we managed to stave off any, any, um, any chance of relegation or anything like that. And we, you know, we finished, you know, comfortably enough in the end. But I think a lot of fans felt that as it was time for a clean break to get somebody new in, a bit more experience behind them, you know, and, and, and you know, have another go at it this season. Um, but we didn't. We gave Robbie the start of this season. Uh, we, we were given an improved transfer budget to start the season. 
Um, he's gone and spent that money and clearly gone and spent that money quite poorly on the recruitment. And then, you know, it's a tough one. Where do you judge it? You know, we'd only had four games this, at the start of this season, but we were absolutely abject. And he was sacked. You know, I think we'd scored one goal in four games or something in the league, uh, sacked. Then we had the hunt for trying to find a manager for two or three weeks. We brought in Jim Bentley. Again, this is my personal opinion. Um, a manager that's biggest achievement has been keeping Morecambe in the Football League. The following season when he left Morecambe, you know, they got promoted under Derek Adams. Um, so it's it's a very tough one. I, I do feel for him because he's he's... He's 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 had to deal with what he's had. He, he was managed to bring in one player before the end of um, the the window at the start of the season, and from all accounts, we've got no money now. You know, it's very hard for us to to change anything with the on the playing side of things at the moment um, until we get players out. But obviously, they don't want to leave. They've all been tied down to to big contracts yeah. on good money, um, and they're looking out for themselves. Um, you know, I wish they'd have a bit more respect and you know look at the position. And if they don't want to be here please leave and if they're not bothered please leave but you know that's not it's not the way it works and I think we all know that sometimes yeah it's, there is a real danger isn't there if you go dropping that league because I've, I've looked at the league table before we recorded because obviously we didn't play this weekend yeah. so yeah, I, yeah, knew, yeah. I knew we were still fourth that's the end of the go I was uh, too worried about but I looked at it obviously you lost to Hartlepool this weekend which I mean that that's a huge result as well but even taking away Hartlepool it must be a concern when you see the likes of Gillingham and Colchester are splashing the cash to make sure they stay in the league. And it almost feels like it's a bum fight between yourselves, Hartlepool, and, and maybe Crawley and Harrogate might get dragged into it. But it feels like Gillingham and Colchester might pull themselves away. And I suppose that's where the worry is for you guys. I, I think we're a dead cert now. And I'm not just trying to be uh, to be negative for negative sake. I think we're a dead cert. You know, you look at... You look at Hartlepool; they've they've um, recruited well this month, got a bit of money yeah. behind them, and they've been backed, and they've they've brought in some good additions. And also Gillingham, you know, multi-millionaire uh, owner has come in and you know bumped yeah. them up. We just haven't got that option or that capability to do that. We're shopping in a completely different market to some of these teams that are around us. Um, and if you look at our um, results against the bottom six, it's it's a really really poor record. I think the only one we've actually got anything out of is uh, Colchester which we managed to beat them um, away at the start of the season when they were just as poor as us. Um, but yeah, the football has been very hard to watch. It's There's no cohesion. There's there's no clear plan. There's been moments where you felt like things might get back on track a bit, but there's just no consistency to what we're trying to do. You, you mentioned obviously there's not been too many highlights there, but... One must be the recent win over Bradford where you were 1-0 down and came back to win 2-1 with two goals for Ian Henderson. How important is he in terms of your chances of staying up? Because he's one thing that maybe other clubs haven't got where around about where you are. He's a goal scorer. He's going to get goals, What you know, even in a poor team. Yeah, he, like I say, he is a goal scorer. And, you know, like I say, I was there at the Bradford game, you know, you know he's a poacher and that's what he does. He scores goals. He always had has done for Rochdale. Uh, you know, he's now our leading goal scorer of all time. Yeah. Um, so he's a real cult hero at the football club, um, but it's it's more the options around him that that are, that are leading us to the position we're in. You know, I think we're trying to adopt a style of trying to play out um, or playing a bit of target man as well, trying to switch it up. But we just haven't really got the options to facilitate what we do, and the players that go out on the pitch just don't seem interested. I mean, supposedly most of these players are meant to be football league standard. I think I think a lot of them wouldn't look amiss in the National League North, if I'm honest, but there you go. 
Yeah, I suppose the danger is if you go down as well. I mean, this season, you'd imagine two of Notts County, Chesterfield and Wrexham are going up. But if, if only one of those goes up, you've then got two teams you're up against next season in the division below. And it, it just, I mean, look, you only have to look at Oldham and what's happened to yeah. them. Exactly. I mean, I don't think you'll hear any Rochdale fan say that if we get relegated, we're going to come straight back up. We thought the same last season, to be fair. If we'd gone down, we were exactly the same. Like, if we go down, we're going to be down there for a while. So, yeah. You know, we haven't got that rich investor. We don't draw the crowds. um, And and we can't. And and I I think now, I think at this this day and age, there's just as much money in the National League as there is in in League Two. Probably more. Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) probably. Yeah, because there's probably less, um, you know, rules and you know, mm. guidance on it that they, so they can they can work their way around it. Um, I mean, I know it doesn't sound very positive, but yeah, it's yeah. it's a very very tough time at the yeah. moment. Who are the other key men to look out for on your squad? And obviously, you, you, you've um, I mean, disparaging maybe being a bit harsh, but you, you've been very clear that there's not a huge amount of quality there. I mean, one who's always stood out for me actually in the last few games against you is Liam Kelly. He looks a quality little player. The, the few times I've seen him, but he's not the biggest, and is he maybe the kind of player you need in a scrap down near the bottom? Exactly. I think he was brought in with the, with the mentality last season that we were going to be pushing yeah. towards the top end of League Two. That's obviously not been the case. Um, but no, on his day, he, he can be he can be a very good player. You know, he's got that higher proven pedigree. You know, he's played in the Championship with Reading. He's actually played in Holland for Feyenoord yeah. as well. So he, he has got that quality in front of him, um, well, clearly, but it's the players around him that are going to feed feed off it um, I, I just think that, yeah, there's such a mismatch in the team um, I honestly can't tell you anybody else who's a danger man because on the day it can just be it could be something or nothing out of anybody um, I mean, it's, Quickly it's looked so good. good against us back in September I mean you, you guys See, probably a little bit uh, looking uh, off the beaters that day Like I say when that when that happened, we brought Quigley in. Like I was saying, we've had like little good moments. When Quigley first came in on loan, he was a revelation. You well, know, he, he was held, an he, absolute nuisance on his debut against us. He really was. Yeah, uh, and he held the line so well. Um, I remember a few a few weeks later, we beat Barrow at home, and he was so yeah. instrumental. You know, so up for it, playing really well. We were getting goals, and that's when we felt like, oh, this is the turning point. We're starting to play some good football now, and I reckon we can push away away from this. We decided to play him. In a, um, I forget what the, I forget what the format of it's called now, but I'm going to call it the Johnston's Paint Trophy. Oh, that's what I remember. It. The yeah, the Paint Trophy. No one cares about. Yes, we decided to play him in a, a nothing game against Salford. Yeah. He he pulled up with a innocuous injury. Nobody around him. He's a, and he's then come back into the le- to the eleven since then, and he just looks like he's treading mud. I don't know if he's not interested. It was very weird, you know, the other week when we played Bradford and we won. It, it was noted that he didn't even come over to the fans. He just walked off. Uh, no, you know, no nothing. So I don't know what's going on there. But yeah. since since his injury, he's not been the same player since he's come back into the eleven. Yeah, it kind of feels like one of those players, Salford, uh, Salford sorry, Stockport would recall and probably sell to someone when they just uh, Probably, they, yeah. They've got enough players on their books, haven't they? But there you go. Oh, um, my. You mentioned Jim Bentley before. I'll just bring it back to him. Um, right man for the job. I mean, I suppose his hands have been pretty tied, haven't they? I guess, and it's it's one of those things, questions: is who could you get? Who's better? Who's actually out there and available? That's the the challenge, isn't it? I guess the challenge is, like I say, if you read by all accounts, we've got no money. Uh, we're in a we're in pretty dire straits. Um, Jim Bentley, yes, in the sense that he's worked at Morecambe, you know, a similar size club to us, budget and everything will be very similar. Um, I don't know if he's, I don't, I don't know. I think it's just a very hard environment to judge because, from what I can understand, is he wants to 
he wants to rip out most of this squad and bring in his own players, but none of them will leave. So he can't get anybody in until anybody leaves, really. So he's very much, you know, hands tied behind his back. It's very hard to say whether he is or isn't the man for the job. I mean, I have woken up this morning to hearing a lot of shouts off people to bring Keith Hill back uh, for for another stint. But I, I don't even think Keith Hill would save this mess at the moment. I mean, you'd argue he's a bit of a busted flush now because he's had those yeah or three separate spells at what was it Bolton, Tranmere, and Scunthorpe, which just yeah. hasn't gone. I mean, arguably Tranmere went well for him, but even they they got rid of him, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> they exactly. Were doing well, so really tells you what you need to know there. Um, let's talk. I mean, I, I had a look before and tried to see what links there were between the two clubs and the squads, and surprisingly, for once, I don't think there's a single player in either squad who has played for the the team. Having had a look through. But then, of course, I remember the fact that there's the man in the hot seat at Burton Park, Paul Simpson. Now, Paul Simpson, very much seen as a, a hero, a god amongst men at Burton Park. Probably not quite as fondly remembered as a manager, at the very least, at Rochdale. It, on reflection, I suppose looking back, it was probably. I think it's interesting because when he first came back in, he did a um, a fans forum and he talked about his time at Rochdale and he admitted. He shouldn't probably have had the job then. He said it was too early. He didn't even really want to apply for it. He was encouraged to apply for it by the Rochdale board. And oh God, yeah. There's, there's a really I'll, I'll try and dig it out and send it to bit. He's a really he was very positive about you know Rochdale as a club. But he's like, look, I sh- I probably shouldn't have had that job. It was the wrong time. And he wasn't even looking for a manager's job when he came. So he just wanted to play again. What what's sort of I suppose your memories? I guess that that FA Cup run's probably the, the biggest thing from his time. At Scotland. That's probably, I mean, not to be harsh to him, that's probably <laughs> the only highlight I, I remember yeah. of Paul Simpson. Um, you know, we were pretty poor that season when he when he was in charge. Um, more, yeah, and I remember little memories of him being a player, and he was an okay player for us. He was he was okay, but that doesn't surprise me. I'm 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 fully I'm, I can fully understand the fact that the board pushed him into a decision like that, going for probably looking for a cheaper option to bring in. But you know, look, he's 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 working. He's, he has worked wonders for he worked wonders for you last season. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I don't know how we came away from that game last season at your place with nothing. I was Oh, no, we, we didn't amused, but... <laughs> We were awful. Well, not awful, but we, we very much rode our luck in that game, it's fair to say. And then when we went down to your place, you quite comfortably beat us. But then we had Corey Whelan played in midfield that day, and he's not a midfielder. <laughs> the <pretty blunt>. so, <laughs> Yeah. And and I think it's hard to judge this game as well coming up now. You know, mm. we I think we were a different kind of, you know, opposition at the start of the season when we mm. played you. You know, we were on that new manager bounce and things were looking good. Um I don't know what eleven we're gonna be putting out on Saturday because we've both of our centre halves have now been have got have got sent off over the weekend. Wow. So <laughs> um there you go. I think it's gonna without sounding completely negative, it should probably be a resounding victory for Carlisle. Well, it's interesting because we've got We've strengthened our attacking options in the last week or so. I mean, oh, great. Oh, Christian great. Christian Dennis, obviously, second top scorer in the league. And he, he's, he's, well, I say he's from Daniel. I think he's from Stockport, actually. So he's, he's great in Manchester area, at least, anyway. Um, and but, but Joe Garner's the big one who's come back for us. And he's, oh, yeah. Yes. You know, it's his fourth spell with us. He had two separate loan spells, obviously, signed permanently originally, but he's back from Fleetwood. So their fans were quite disappointed to see him leave. They felt he should have got more game time. So we're quite excited to see how well he does this time around. But yeah, we're in a position where we're starting to get a few players back from injury and it doesn't sound great for you guys in that sense, but but there you go. I mean, we're, we're playing Hartlepool on, in midweek, so, you know, by, by the time everyone listens to this... Do us a favour, please. Yeah. Oh, we, we, I think some of our fans will be quite happy to do that because obviously their manager is Keith Curl, who's in charge of us. Oh, of course, yeah. So, yes, anyway. Um, Tom, I've taken quite a bit of your time here. Thank you very much. But before we finish, 
Uh, dare I ask you for a prediction for this game? <laughs> 3-1 Carlisle. I think you might only be the second person this season to predict a win for us in this spell. I think most, quite a lot have gone for draws, which is quite accurate because I think we've drawn not nine games this season. So that, that's fair enough. But yeah, I think you're the first first person possibly to go for a, a win for us. So, And, ju- so, and just yeah. to add, just to add as well, and if that result, but well, I think if any reform of that result comes out, I think you. I mean, I'm not sure if you're going yourself, but it'll be one toxic atmosphere. In yeah, the well, ground. well, yeah, well, I'll, I'll certainly be coming. I'm coming along because I live in Liverpool, so it's quite short. Oh, fair enough. It's a nice, easy game for me to come to. But, uh, but yeah, Tom, thanks so much for your time, and genuinely, all the best to Rochelle for the rest of the season. I think I speak on behalf of pretty much all Carlos it, it is one of our favourite away days. It's a great day out. I mean. You know, for me, going to Manchester for you doing is get the train up, get myself to the the cemetery pub and have a few there. Maybe a chippy from the behind the away end. It, it's a proper English football day out, and it would be a crying shame if you guys went down to the National League. Oh no! Well, thank you very much, and obviously, best of luck for, to yourselves for the rest of the season as well. Cheers, Tom. Okay, thanks once again to Tom for giving up his time, and oh, I really do. I mean, after this weekend, I really do think hope that you know things pick up. Rochdale because we've said this before haven't we Dan it is probably one of the outside of you know going to down to London going to Orient those kind of ones it's probably one of the best away days in the league isn't it oh yeah yeah cracking day out trip to the cemetery pub chippy behind the away end decent a good away end alongside the pitch as well you get a good view there which you don't yeah, get at a lot yeah. of clubs do you? you know you get stuck in rubbish stands behind the goal and in the corner not to mention other teams um, whereas here we've got a full stand that holds what 3,000 fans so with 1,100 sold already, I mean, it's going to be pushing 1,500 at least, I think, isn't it? It's probably going to be the biggest away following the season so far, I would have thought, yeah. for this one. So there you go. Um, referee for this one, Ross Joyce from North Yorkshire. It's his eighth season in the EFL. Uh, he's taken charge of 17 games so far this season, hanging out 50 yellows and three red cards. Last season, he handed out 113 yellows and eight red cards in 37 games. Very red card happy, isn't he? <laughs> um yeah, uh, head-to-head record. Uh, it's going to be the 110th meeting between the two sides. And I I believe, I checked this with Jeff Jackson, Dan, and he needs to have yeah. a quick check about We're fairly certain Rochelle are the team that we've played the most times now. So I think 119... We're polite and Darlington and that disappearing now. They probably are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hartlepool is second with 109, which was the game yeah, that's just yeah. gone. So yeah, me and Jeff were on about this last week. Yeah, yeah. so it's the 110th meeting between the two sides of so the team we played the most in our history. Uh, we're just ahead, 45 wins compared to Rochdale's 4-1 with 23 games ending in draws. I mean, Rochdale, Dan, like, like Tom was saying there, they're just a mess in terms of, you know, COVID's hit them so badly. Um, they've had the issues off the field with the hostile takeover, which they managed to see off. They've tried to do the fan ownership thing and it is proving a struggle. So they're looking for potential investors to come in now and help out. Summer signings just didn't work out. It, it's not a great time to be a Dale fan, is it? No, no. I mean, they had they had a lot of ownership struggles, the COVID thing. They're just struggling full stop. It, it can't be much fun. And you really hope Rochdale stay up because they're one of these what I call proper clubs. Yeah, yeah they're, they're small, but they know what they are. They've got a proper fan base. You know, it, it's, you know we lost Darlington. We've lost York. Hartlepool have up and downs. We don't need to lose another yeah. one like Rochdale, you yeah. know. They've been in the league since 1921. You know, you know, seven, they, they were in the league seven years before we even joined it. So, so you know, they're, they're a proper, proper established, 
you know, EFL club. They've not been relegated or elected out in their history. So really hope that, you know, history isn't made this summer. I really hope that it's a continuation for them. I mean, looking through the squad, Dan, I don't really fancy their chances of staying up, to be honest, because there's not much quality in there, is there? They seem to rely on Henderson, don't they? Yeah, Henderson's goals is what really they're relying on, isn't it, in terms of him yeah. chipping him with goals. And that might be the thing that you know, does keep them up because they, they know he's going to chip him with a few. They, they had that win at uh, Bradford yeah. the other week, didn't they? Yeah. Which shows, as bad as they've been, they can notch a result now and again. They're not... A, they're which not a, which I, will hold them yeah. in good stead, I think. I did say to Tom, you're not at, don't worry, you're not at Scunthorpe levels of, of bad but he wasn't 100% convinced. He still thinks they're not particularly great. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's a real worry for them. I mean, I, you only have to look at defence. There's a major issue there in terms of number. I mean, the problem is they can't get players in because they haven't got any money and they've got a few players in there allegedly on quite big wages, apparently. Yeah. And there was a room about the, the lad Cameron John that he's on two and a half grand a week, possibly. Jeez. Which is astonishing. Because I don't think even we've probably got a player on two and a half grand a week. That's that's how big a wage that is. Um, so, yeah, they're in a bit of a struggle. This weekend, Ebanks, Landell and um, Sam Graham, basically, arguably their two best centre-backs, are both suspended because cause basically, cause they got sent off in the 2-0 defeat at, at Hartlepool, um, which... Means I mean I'm looking here. That's that's not what you want when you're coming up against a team who are free scored like ourselves. Well, isn't it? I'm looking at Jim McNulty's listed as being in the squad. I don't think he featured against thing. I'm not sure he's featured much at all this season for them. And he's an experienced lad. He's what seven thirty seven, I think maybe. Yeah. I mean, if he's not involved, and you know they they might be struggling to put a defence out. They might be putting midfields into defence this week. This could be a in the harshest way possible, this could be a good opportunity for us to potentially... Especially for the goal difference. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the first thing you're looking at. You think maybe we can put a few goals on them in, possibly. Yeah, it's not nice, I know, but sometimes you've just got to be cruel to be kind, haven't you? You've just got to get your, your results and not really worry about anything else. Anymore. I mean, I'm looking here, actually, I'm just checking Jim McNulty here. He hasn't... He's featured <coughs> nine times this season, so... He's clearly not a regular start at the age of uh, thirty-seven now. Um, had a good career on him, to be fair. He's been at you know Scunthorpe, Barnsley, Tranmere, some decent clubs. So yeah, that that it'll be interesting to see whether he does feature at the weekend or whether he's got an injury or not. I don't know. Um, wasn't even on the bench for the game against um, Hartlepool. Um, but yeah, it, it does feel like they're lacking a bit there. They've got Ethan Browley, who's the young lad who, who's, who's impressed there. He's um, been. Uh, Targeted by Sheffield United, there's rumours that they Sheffield United are interested and don't really want him to be involved at the moment for them, which is a mad situation for them to be in as well. Yeah, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Little Liam Kelly in midfield. I say little because he's only about five foot one, isn't he? Five foot two tall. He looked really good against us in a couple of games, but there's rumours that he maybe isn't the best person around the club and he wants to get out as well. It's 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 not a great place to be. Scott Quigley, was no. of, of course, he he impressed against us in the reverse fixture, didn't he? But He's not quite um, hit the heights since then, unfortunately for them. Um, well, shall we? Uh, shall we do a 
predictions there, Dan? I was going to talk about Jim Bentley there, but I mean, he's just got a tough task at the end of it. I don't think <laughs> there's a huge amount else he could really do there at the moment. Um, what are you going to go for on this one then, Dan? Prediction wise? Uh, solid 3 0 win. Christian Dennis and Owen Moxon, 25 yard free kick. And Jordan Gibson. Jordan Gibson, okay. Right, I'm going to do Mike's first and then I'll do mine. So here's Mike's prediction. So I'm going to go for a 4-0 win where Dennis will score, Moxon will score, Huntington will score, and Garner will score. Nearly I went for the same as you there in terms of goal scores. Right, I have a memory. One of the my most vivid early memories of going to a Carl away game. You know which game I'm going to talk about here, Dad, not, don't you? Yes. Rochdale 6, six. Calais United 0. Right, Dan, for mine, okay? I'm going to uh, I'm going to go back and think about one of my first, most early vivid memories of a Cal United away game. And you know which game I'm going to talk about here, don't you? Yeah. Rochdale 6, Cal United 0. Let's flip it on its head. Cal United are going to win 6-0 in this game, right? <laughs> so I'm going for a Christian Dennis hat-trick. Uh, Jordan Gibson, um, John Mellish will get one, and uh, who else? Um, yeah, Joe Garner, why not? Joe Garner will get one off the bench as well. So there you go, that's what I'm going for, 6-0 win with those scores. Uh, right, well, let's let's uh, bash through the barrow a bit then, Dan. Um, obviously, this is going to be the midweek game. Hopefully a big crowd for this one. That's what we're hoping for, isn't it? Mm. Up on the Hartlepool one, which over 5,000 is a great effort, to be fair, though, for a midweek mm. game. Um, referee for this Andrew Kitchen from County Durham it's his second season in the EFL he's taken charge of 20 games this season handing out 45 yellows and one red card last season he handed out 69 yellows and two red cards in 29 games the last United game he took charge of was the 1-1 draw with Swindon Town earlier this season in which Owen Moxon was booked for the Blues head to head wise it's a 66 meeting between the two sides which is quite good considering you know we hadn't played them in what 50 odd years until yeah, recent yeah. seasons Um 25 have been Carlisle wins, 22 wins for the Bluebirds, and 18 have been a draw. Fair to say, Barrow have exceeded expectations this season, Dan? Definitely. Uh, yeah, they've, they've started well. They've climbed the heights, but struggled a little bit recently. But they do chuck yeah. in the odd decent result, don't they? I mean, they won 3 2 at Mansfield recently. That's their first. I mean, they've only won one win, so won one game in the last seven. That so, was after being 2 0 down as well. I yeah, think. so they came back from 2 0 down. But I mean, Mansfield are a weird club this season. They're, they're, in terms of their transfer dealings and what's happening there, it, it kind of feels like they're almost thrown in the towel a bit, haven't they? They've just gone. Yeah, it's, it's almost as all last season was the chance. Yeah, and they're sort of thinking, right, we're going to rebuild for next season now rather than actually having a good go at it. It's, it's a really strange one, what's going on there. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, they've, they've had a little bit of a struggle. We, when we previewed this game before Christmas, we sort of said, didn't we, that we felt. Um, in fact, did we, I can't remember if we actually did previous one. I think me and Mike previewed actually. We were saying that we felt the squad was a bit short, but they seem to have sort of sorted that, haven't they, in January a little bit? They've brought a few players in, and a couple of the low knees have come back in Joe Grayson and Mark Ellis as well. So, I mean, what do you think of their January edition so far? Um, just getting them up. <laughs> uh, newbie, yeah, Jack Young, yeah. Rory Feely from Ireland. Mm. I mean, Feely looks like one that's a potential signing, isn't it? It's a signing yeah. based on his future potential. 
of course, if those who don't realise it, the name sounds familiar. That's because his brother Kevin Feely was uh, on loan with abuse. Sorry, two appearances was it? I think he wasn't a one-game wonder, was he? I'm no, sure he made two. I think one at Bradford and one against Coventry. We lost four nil or something. I think he was dire. To be fair, that's, that's all we remember about him. Uh, not a great player. Uh, yeah. So yeah, in terms of the January additions, they brought a few extra players in to bring a bit more bulk to the squad. Still. <laughs> I do feel like they are punching a little bit above the weight and they're sort of relying on two yeah. or three players who've, you know, excelled. And I think you likes of your Neil Whitfield and maybe Gorgon up front are the ones really have sort of kicked them on to be up there, haven't they? Um, still possibly a little bit dodgy in goals. Farman's not been, you know, he's been making more and more mistakes as seasons go by. Yeah. The very, the very Marmite on him, the fans aren't there. I've seen yeah. online, some, some seem to, hate him others don't mind him so yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting to see how he gets on uh, going forward because they don't really have I mean Josh Lillis the backup keeper is actually the goalkeeper coach isn't he so not really one they want to use that often no. I don't think um, yeah I'll see in terms of last time out uh, when we were originally supposed to play them they were coming off the back of a 5-0 defeat at Stevenage this time they did a little bit better against the team up in the top they drew 0-0 at Leighton Orient although Leighton Orient have dropped off a bit haven't they if you look at their recent form it's not great and you know, I, I thought they were out of reach, but they, they may well be catchable. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's going. It's, it's interesting to see how it goes. Um, obviously, in terms of explosions in the squad, you've got Paul Farman, Patrick Buff, Connor Brown, as I mentioned already, and Richie Bennett is there as well. He's the the big target man up there for them, but he hasn't featured that much. He's been out injured for a lot of seasons, hasn't he? It's been a bit of a struggle to get him fifth for them. Um, well, let's talk Mark about Ellis. Mark Ellis. Well, sorry, I forgot the fact the fact yeah, that he's back yeah. from his loan as well. So yeah, five in total. Um, Let's talk about United going to these games then, Dan. Um, just stick with what you got, isn't it, Shirley? You don't change the 11? Uh, depends on Saturday, obviously. Uh, at the moment, no. The team's picking itself. Yeah. But there is there is that thing of maybe freshening up a little bit. You know, you maybe, maybe give Patrick a start and Gordon a, from the subs bench or... Yeah. Maybe you do. Maybe you play Gordon against Rochdale. Use Patrick against uh, Barrow, possibly or something yeah. like that. Change it up. A I think, like, like I've like I said a couple of times recently, I think we'll see that interchanging a lot. Yeah, I think you'll start to see it in the next few weeks when we, you know the games start going a bit more thick and fast. <clears throat> but there you go. Um, yeah, and obviously you don't really change the bench much at the moment, do you? You, feel, no. you kind of feel a bit for you like if you you Barkley and your Harris and your Show Silver. You know, yeah. been useful players, but at the moment there's just no place for them. Just the bench looks as strong as it has done for a long time at the moment. It really, really does. Uh, okay, we'll do predictions for this one, Dan, then as well. Um, obviously, in terms of prediction points, I should say, we all gained another point because we all did the obvious thing of picking Christian Dennis, as we have done again this week. Um, what are you going to go for for the Borough game? Well, it's 8 nil for me. <laughs> go on. Uh, this Den- score Dennis, is... Dennis 2. Gibson Moxon. That's 4. Uh, Callum Guy with a rasping 25 yard drive. Five. Huntington's due a header. Yeah, two more. Uh, Joel Senior can have one. Oh, and then Garner from the bench. There you go. 8 0 for yeah. Dan. Wow. Right, I'll do Mike's next name. So this is Mike's uh, prediction for Barrow. And for Barrow, I'm going to go for a 2 0 win with Dennis and Moxon scoring. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for 3-1 for this one. Dennis, 
Callum Guy and uh, Paul Huntington header. There you go, free one. Right, X file section done. Not a huge amount to cover, but some interesting ones in it. I have missed a transfer off here, I've just realised, but we'll we'll touch on that one last probably. So if you want to go, yeah, uh, quiet with games off all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we go to the land down under to begin. Yeah, Zach Clutch scored for Adelaide in the one 0 win over MacArthur to start the weekend. Uh, Sam Cosgrove kept Plymouth on top of League One, netted in the four two win over Cheltenham. Mm. Uh, Aaron Hayden got a last-minute injury time winner. He's 11th league goal of the season. Incredible, as Wrexham beat Maidstone 3-2. And he's not hes not even top scorer for Wrexham. He's like third <laughs> top scorer, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. Then on to midweek, Nathaniel Knight-Percival scored for Kidderminster's in the 1-0 win at Curzon Ashton. Yeah. And keeping it local, Dave Simonton got another brace for Workington in the 3-1 win at Mosley. So... As we mentioned recently, Simonton got married and all he's done since is score goals. So. Yeah, yeah, he's the same. Yeah. Uh, transfer team. news. Former keeper Morgan Bacon. This is a weird one, this. Yes, I can't work this out. signed for Buxton on a joint reg with Glossop North End and Wivenshaw Town. I so didn't know absolutely you... no idea how that works. So who 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 are his parent club? Is Pass. It... Is it Glossop or is it Wiffin? Is it Bu- in Buxton are the highest of the three, aren't they? They're yeah. in National League North. Yeah. So and Glossop and yeah. Wiffenshaw are one, working for them. One that happened just after we recorded last week. Yeah. David Amu left Stevenage and joined Crew until the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, former trialist Kwame Thomas, who was yeah. uh, Sutton, has joined Dundee on loan for the rest of the season. It must be depressing being a Dundee fan watching you yeah. signing players on loan because they. Obviously, Joe Grayson, who's at um, Barrow, has gone back to Barrow from his loan. He was on loan at Dundee from Barrow. So, mm. yeah. Wow. And uh, former trialist Cameron Thompson signed for Dulwich Hamlet. When did we have him on trial? The other year. Was it either last summer or the summer before? God, I genuinely don't remember him. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the show. One we missed out, Dan, and I forgot to put in. Former loanee, Tyrese Omatoya. Oh must, yes, that must have a terrific agent because he uh, he signed for uh, Forest Green Rovers on a permanent deal from Norwich City. Uh, their manager probably got sacked a couple of days later. Well, yeah, he? the manager got sacked, and they've just announced Big Duncan Ferguson is the new head first I mean, head t- first team coach. Imagine the first sight he has of Tyrese Omotoyin on on training. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he'll be he won't be standing for that if he plays the way he did for us. Not at all. There you go. Well, there you go. That's the X Files wrapped up, and that's this week's episode wrapped up. Done. Thanks very much for joining me as usual. I remember to say thank you this time. No one, yeah. no one got in touch to say whether they listened to the very end to confirm if I did. No, say they thank don't. You. Obviously, yeah, clearly don't listen to. The I mean, I'll be honest. Thing. I usually log off the recording when the music's on, <laughs> don't I? So. Yeah, because you're in a hurry, aren't you? Just to get something. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so... I'm doing that today now. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. I know. Uh, regular episode back next week. Uh, we're going to record a special uh, early in February that you're you're doing a bit of research into at the moment, aren't you, Dan? To yeah, get, to yeah. Get ready for that, and uh, yeah, that's it for now. So, uh, thanks very much for everyone for joining us, uh, and up the blues. Up the blues. Every time you play, all our united with you, that's all.